What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. It's kind of great, a great episode prepared for you all. It's kind of taking it back to how it used to be, like back in 2019. Can you believe y'all? We are on uh, season four of Matt Sports House. But anyway, just kind of taking it back. It was just me. I'm giving kind of all my analysts a break. Uh, but the next couple of weeks, I'm having more heavy and a lot of different guys coming on. So a lot to look forward to. But without further ado for this episode, uh, welcome to my sports house. So we're going to start off, as you could guess, with the University of South Carolina, who got a major home win this week uh, against the Auburn Tigers. The final score of 21 to 17. Carolina now moves to six wins. They're six and five. And so is Auburn. This is a huge deal for the South Carolina program. And while the season did start off kind of shaky and, you know, almost losing to Vandy and this, that and the third, South Carolina last year only had two wins so for them to have six wins already this season with the chance to make it seven with the win against Clemson is definitely major for Shane Beamer and just the momentum of that program I think a lot of times in like business it's like okay look you can show you would say investors but in this case you could say that you could show like alumni and stuff it's like look at look what we're getting done look at the progress here and there's definitely been some progress thoughts on the games when I first saw it because y'all do remember TJ Finley the quarterback for Auburn Last year was a quarterback for LSU that kind of came in just threw South Carolina all around the park. So I didn't know how it was going to go for him in this year's game. But he started off kind of clicking on all cylinders, the, uh, the offense for Auburn. Like they were going to like make South Carolina's defense have a long day. But And their running back, Cortavius Bigsby, had a major day, going to have 22 carries for 164 yards. And so you kind of would ask Auburn kind of what happened. You're y'all able to throw the ball kind of at will, especially the better part of the first quarter. And then Cortavius had a great day running the ball. And a lot of times that run opens up the pass, but they definitely were not able to maintain it. They start off the game going on a 14-0 run. Then the second quarter, Carolina scored 14, even up at 14-14. And then Carolina was just able to get that touchdown in the third quarter that made it 21, while Auburn was able, only able to get three points in the third. And obviously the final score was 21-17. So, like I said, major win again for Beamer as he continues to get that momentum going for the Gamecocks in his first year. It was already a success. Now that they go beat Clemson, man, oh, man, everybody, they'll be like, hey, this is the best guy since Steve Spurrier. Well, I guess it's just been Will Muschamp in between. But they'll be definitely be amped about his progress made thus far. Uh, definitely wanted to highlight South Carolina's running back because, you know, they do have the three-headed attack with Kevin Harris and then really, I'd say four, but – uh, Kevin Harris, Quandre Wright, Juju, and what is the other guy's name? I'm thinking of him right now. Marshawn Lloyd. Yeah, I think that's his name. But anyways, Quandre Wright had himself a day. 16 carries for 99 yards and six uh, for 99 yards and 6.2 yards per carry. So the average of almost six yards a carry. And he had, as far as receiving out the backfield, he had three receptions for 69 yards. So just a big day for him. At first, when I saw that stat. He only had 99 yards. I was like, it seems like he did so much more, but some of it came on the receiving end as well. And next up, 
uh, Kevin Harris had 13 carries for 63 yards. I thought it was so great for at the end of the game, whenever that Auburn defensive line was super tired, the offense, the Auburn defense in total was just super tired for the, the Carolina be able to bring in Kevin Harris, who was almost like fresh wheels. And he was able to like uh, kind of help them seal the game. Did want to mention that Auburn made a crucial mistake. So for all the guys that listen that play high school football, whatever have you, whenever your coaches are doing, we are doing like special teams and the coaches says like, it's so important if you're receiving the punt for the guy to tell everybody to get away from the ball, make sure that you actually do that because you got to see what happens in this game. The punt returner for Auburn wasn't loud enough. And so his blockers, weren't alerted that they need to get away from the ball or at least try to find the ball so it accidentally hits one of the guys on the leg and you see what happens for that so that that call I think they call it hot or uh different teams have different uses of the word but it's like get away from the ball and when you don't do that you don't communicate you see what happens so cost Auburn the loss I know Auburn is mad this is now two years in a row where they have come to South Carolina and lost so think about that two and eight the year that South Carolina had last year, one of those was against the SEC West opponent, and it was none other than the Auburn Tigers. Also definitely wanted to give a shout-out to Jason Brown, uh, who went 10 for 15 for 157 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. A lot of debate is going around the Columbia area. Should, should he been the starter right after uh, Luke Dottie went down instead of bringing Zeb in? Maybe the coaching staff felt like he still needed to develop a little bit more. He is a redshirt senior this year. But I'm pretty sure because of COVID, he'll have an extra year if he wants to. So I'm sure he'll come back. But then the question becomes for the coaching staff, is Luke Dottie your guy? And whenever he's fully healthy, or do you want to continue with Jason Brown coming off the momentum off this season, as long as they finish out the season somewhat well? Or do you make an open uh, quarterback battle? So that's definitely something to watch in Columbia. But yeah, like I said, big date against Clemson next Saturday night, uh, the Saturday night coming, 7.30 p.m. I think everybody's excited. The, the, the guys from the upstate, obviously the people in Columbia, it should be a great one. But since we're talking about Clemson, got to talk about the Clemson Tigers who battled the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Wake Forest only had one loss coming into this game. So it was really like a question, you know, I feel like jokingly in the years past, you said, you think Wake Forest got a chance? Everybody's like, God, no. But this year, it, it was a real chance. But uh, Clemson came out the win with the final score of 48-27. They now go to 8-3. and three. Wake Forest is now 9-2. and two. Big day for the Clemson running backs. And so whenever you have a big day for the uh, running backs, you definitely have to uh, credit that offensive line. But Kobe Pryor, 24 carries for 191 yards and two touchdowns. Will Shipley, 19 carries for 112 yards and two more touchdowns. So big days for both of those guys. Like, let's wait for us. I don't want to put too much into it. But what I do want to say is I think that this game next week is going to be won and lost in the trenches. Because if Clemson's offensive line can get a push and their running backs can run as well as they did against well, they're going to – this is Wake Forest versus South Carolina. He's an SEC player. So it's not going to be quite that simple. But if that offense line can get a push, I think Clemson will be able to obviously get the win in this game. But if it, And I'm sure they'll take the blueprint of what Auburn has done and AM and a couple other teams that have ran the ball really well against uh, South Carolina because it seems like that has kind of been their Achilles heel, if you will. And so I think it's going to be one like that. And then also will – the South Carolina, Zaquandre Wright and the South Carolina running game be able to get going against that Clemson defense. One thing I know about Brent Venables, he's going to have the game plan. 
He's going to have the game plan necessary to get the win for the Tigers. All they have to do is execute it. And their defense has played pretty well this season. So I, that's what I'm thinking. You can pretty much expect them to hold their own. But the question will be, will that Clemson running game be able to get a uh, – will they be able to run over the Gamecocks? And they will. I think it can be a long night for the Gamecocks. Also, it would be a really great game, though, for DJ to kind of reestablish, like, who – like, for him being what we thought he was going to be. Because he didn't do it early in the year against Georgia, but granted, Georgia's one of the best teams in football. So, or the best team in football. Yeah. But this will give, a, this will give him a good chance against the SEC opponent and obviously spoil the Gamecock season. But I think looking at it, I don't think, like, if Carolina if Carolina loses this game, it's like, eh, you know, another loss to the Tigers. I think if Clemson loses, it's like, all right, Dabo. And obviously not going to fire him, man, to win some national championships. But it's like, all right, Dabo, this is unacceptable. It's not, you know, make it happen to this. So, something to watch. Everybody's looking forward to this game. Uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's, this game will be at 7.30 on ESPN. Let me check that out for you right here. 7.30, they haven't announced which station it's going to be on, but I'm sure tailgating is going to be crazy. The environments will be insane, and uh, we're all looking forward to a good one. Another great chapter in the rivalry. But we're going to go ahead and go over to the Big Ten, Ohio State. Y'all, I've told y'all since the first episode of this season that – C.J. Stroud was going to be the truth. I told it to y'all. Y'all can go back and check it if you want to. C.J. Stroud had himself a heck of a day. Ohio State got the win with the final score of 56-7 to over Michigan State. And Michigan State had been gaining some steam. They'd only had one loss heading into this game. Uh, but look at these numbers for the Buckeyes. C.J. Stroud, 32 for 35, 432 yards and six touchdowns. Let's put this in perspective. If you would tell this guy – getting off the bus that morning that you're only going to inco- have three incompletions, he'd be like, okay, I'll take that. And that's what he did in this game. It seems like right now he might be in the league for the Heisman, which I think is about a year premature. I really do. I think you win that Heisman year, redshirt freshman year, that's a lot for you to like kind of like have to, because next year you're going to have to try to do this again. And it's like, okay, maybe if I have a good year, but don't win the Heisman, it's all right, whatever. But once you win that Heisman, it's like the, the bullet is on. And anything less than perfection is kind of like, what is he doing? Not to mention the receiving core he has. He's got two first-round receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, uh, who both had big games in, on th- this day. Olave has seven receptions for 140 yards and two touchdowns, averaging 20 yards per catch. Garrett Wilson had seven receptions for 126 yards, uh, averaging 18 yards per catch and two touchdowns. And then you had Jackson Smith and the Jigba, who had 10 receptions. 105 yards and one touchdown and he averaged almost 11 yards a catch so the Buckeyes like you like this is insane right now and Michigan State was a good team too this isn't like Indiana Indiana. this wasn't just Indiana this is a good Big Ten matchup coming in this uh, game with I think I think they were ranked like in the top 10 for Michigan State there was a little bit of hype for I think it was a Ken it was either Kenneth Walker or Elijah Collins one of which uh that maybe they could be a close to a Heisman contender running back one of them had three carries for 29 yards. The other one had six carries for 25 yards. I'm not exactly sure which one it was, but it was definitely one of those guys. I want to say it was Elijah, but I could be wrong. Anyway, neither one of them had a great day. Ohio State kind of shut that down. And Ohio State, I will say, so they made that switch for who's calling plays for the defense. The defense has looked a lot better against great competition. So once again, go freaking Buckeyes. Got Michigan this week with since I'm an Ohio State fan now, we are supposed to say the team up north. So the team we have a big matchup this week against the team up north and one of the biggest rivalry in all of sports. Uh, it's going to be 12 o'clock. I'm pretty sure this game will be on Fox. So look forward to Joel Clatt being on the call with – I always forget that. 
he's really good at it too. Uh, anyway, like I said, Joel Klatt and the Joel Klatt will be color commentary and other guys play by play. He's the, he's the same guy who had that clip. And I'm like, as a matter of fact, I'm going to find this. So I can put it in right here. Uh, whenever Denzel Ward had that hit against one of those big 10 teams and he was like, ate my sandwich. Not nah, it don't matter. I'm going to have it playing right here. Wardenschlager to the sideline, caught first down. Woo! What a hit! Denzel Ward! You got barbecue back there? And you didn't invite me? Hurt my feelings! But definitely looking forward to this one. Need Ohio State to win this one, then go ahead and take care of business in the Big Ten Championship game, and they're still in the college football playoff. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Cincinnati. Are they in? Would they have let another team that potentially could be a conference champion jump them? Something to watch for there. But Cincinnati has gone undefeated, got a win at Notre Dame. So they've really kind of done all that you could ask for them to do. And the now being the question is, can a team not in the Power Five conferences actually make it? Because if there was ever a team that could make it that wasn't in the Power Five, it should be them. Don't know if everybody saw the news, but if I'm here to report it, Dan Mullen is out at Florida. And this is just how things work in the SEC, man. This man was just in the SEC championship game last year, Kyle Trask. Uh, Kyle Pitts, like good squad. And it's just one year can make all the uh, difference in the world. Florida this year had a close game with Sanford, which I'm sure the fans were not excited about, but they ended up pulling out the win. Um, they lost to South Carolina. And I feel like in around the SEC, you lose to South Carolina. It's like how South Carolina fans look, think about losing the band. It's like, what are we doing here? So they had some losses this season and they, they haven't appreciated also lost to Kentucky, although Kentucky has had a pretty good ball club this year, but yeah, they went him out and he's gone. So Dan Mullen is out and Dan Mullen's a heck of a coach used to be known as a very good uh, quarterback developer. I still think he is. He also de developed Dak Prescott in Mississippi state, but uh, sure. He'll get another coaching job here sooner than later, but late, they just had so much love for this guy last season. And this year it's like, you're not getting the job done. Get out of here. There's no loyalty in this business. It is a results-oriented business. And there's been some rumors that uh, they might, the state of Florida might be with some openings, potentially if um, Manny Diaz gets fired in Miami. Maybe Lane Kiffin goes to Miami, or maybe he wants to go to uh, another school in Florida, maybe the University of Florida or what have you. But I would have a hard time seeing Lane Kiffin make it to the top of college football being in the SEC West and then going back down to like the ACC, like maybe like a Miami or so. They say he really enjoyed his time at Boca Raton or whatever, but I think it'd be hard for him. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. The only thing I could, the only reason I could see Lane Kiffin want to get an Ole Miss though is like, cause he's got to deal with Bama every single year. Like, or and it, even if you beat Vamma, you got to do it the rest of the SEC West every single year just to get to the SEC championship game to have the chance for the playoff. And him and Matt Carruff had a really good relationship, but Matt is obviously going to the draft this year. So it's like if there is a time to leave, the time would be now. I think he ends up staying in Ole Miss, but that is definitely a storyline to watch. So you know we will keep you posted here on Matt Sports House. Now, so down in, like I said, we guess we kind of stand in SEC, the SEC community, if you will. Elias Ricks cornerback six foot two former five star 
I think he's from the state of California, but went to IMG Academy. They ended up going to LSU. Was a beast last year. This year, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. Real tall DB, like I said, six foot two. He's announced that he's transferring. That has to be a bummer for LSU. It's like, man, all of our players keep leaving. Eric Gilbert leaves. These other guys leaves. And then and there, a lot of times, like these five-star guys that you usually would have seen staked it out at LSU. You know, you've seen the ranks of not five-stars, but great talents, the Odell Beckhams, the Jarvis Landry's, Joe Burrows, all those guys at LSU. And, and Joe Burrow is a poor example in this case because he transferred in. But a lot of these guys, it's like, yeah, maybe it's not going great there, but they just stick it out and it usually turns into a – they usually have great great careers at LSU. But now with the addition of the transfer portal, you have a lot of these guys leaving. Like I said, he was a former five-star that actually panned out because he had a great freshman campaign before last season, before dealing with injuries this past this season. But he's transferring, so that's something to watch there. And the last thing I'm going to mention about the SEC – is this SEC championship game is going to be so good this year. It's going to be so good. You're going to get to see Bryce Young versus that and those weapons, most notably Jamison Williams, which is another receiver I've been telling you all about since the beginning of the season. Whenever I first heard that he transferred from Ohio State, that I was like, let me make sure I let the listeners know about him. And he has not disappointed this year. He already has 59 receptions for uh 1218 yards and 13 touchdowns is averaging 21 yards per catch and just think he was like the third best receiver at ohio state that's insane but anyway so those weapons that they have at alabama versus and i'm really like watching henry toto play that's the transfer from tennessee to alabama he's the middle linebacker number 10 i enjoy watching him kind of command that defense but they got to deal with that georgia team that georgia team where you don't know how it's going to go but you know that defense is going to come out and play so that's going to be a great SEC championship game. Alabama loses the SEC championship game. I don't even think they even go to the playoff at that point because that's two losses. Meanwhile, if Georgia loses, I think you have to kind of still keep them in the playoff because they've been so dominant throughout the season. But I think everybody is super excited for that SEC championship game. Should be a great one. I, I mean, I tried and true ACC fans may be excited about theirs. Pitt really never goes to ACC. Well, were they? Yeah, I think they were there recently, but it's it's just it's like Pitt. Like it's just not like the main a main team in the ACC, generally speaking. And whether it be Wake Forest or NC State, they'll be representing the Atlantic. So it's just like that game is not that big of a deal. This year is the Big Ten and the Big Ten championship, and it's going to be the SEC championship game. And so I know those fans are super excited about that. And so is the rest of the conference. But yeah, so that's all I got for y'all for college football today. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a much shorter episode. This is just kind of getting back to it. There's a couple of my thoughts, and uh, we'll get the guests back, back on next week. But last but not least, in the NFL, we have to talk about um, Cam Newton's return. Cam Newton's return back to Carolina. It was great when he ran out the tunnel. They had the I'm coming home plan, which is probably going to be the outro for this for this episode. Yeah, but they had the they had Cam Newton run out the tunnel. He's come, coming home. You saw him score the touchdown, and then he runs to the center of the field, kind of get all you know, they get all the fans hyped up and kind of to bring the attention to himself. Shannon Sharp didn't appreciate that, but I, to me, that's so Cam Newton. I'm not even surprised. But all of that was great. But but I think all the fans would have traded all that for a win. Because this was supposed to be perfect. This is supposed to be like a perfect way of this thing like gets going. Cam Newton comes back. He gets signed. Obviously played a little bit with, in the game against Arizona, but it was against Washington this week. They were supposed to pick up the win at home. And everyone's like, Cam is back. But the Panthers lost with the final score of 27-21. 
to the Washington football team. Cam did Cam played pretty well. There's still some throws I watch him make. And it's like it seemed like that throw, and I know he had like a shoulder surgery and he just spent some time in the NFL. So there's some natural bumps and bruises. But there are a couple of throws where you used to watch Cam make easily. It just seems like he has to work a little bit harder to make those throws now. But um yeah, what can you say about Taylor, Taylor Heineke, who is the Washington football team's quarterback? 16 for 22, 206 yards, three touchdowns, and led his team to the win. And towards the end of the game, some of those like drives where he just extended them or I was able to just get the pass off and hit the receiver, you can tell those are just the, those are the plays where you just need a gritty quarterback who's just going to figure it out. It may not always look picture perfect, but he's just going to figure it out. And how about Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin from Ohio State, wasn't the highest drafted guy, but he just keeps delivering in the NFL. Five receptions, 103 yards, one touchdown, averaging 21 yards per catch. He just keeps delivering. And uh, I know the Ohio State, the brotherhood, if you will, is super excited to have him kind of representing the Ohio State receiving core in the NFL. But to give y'all Cam stats, though, he went 21 for 27, 189 yards and two touchdowns in the air. Uh, rushing, he had 10 carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. I will say it appeared a couple of times because y'all know what read options you're reading, like the defense in or midline or wherever you're doing, you're reading somebody. And it's Cam's option whether to give it to Christian McCaffrey, whether he wants to take off on a run himself. And you could tell a couple of times, like Christian was probably used to, well, no, because this is actually kind of a totally new offense, but he was kind of expecting to keep it a couple of times and Cam pulled on himself and just, you know, went and got the yards himself. But I feel like they're still working on that that balance because you know, we all know Christian is an extremely dynamic receiver running back. I mean, he's a running back. He just catches the ball. So out the backfield, you can almost just use him as an athlete. But he did have seven receptions for 60 yards and one touchdown, uh, and that is through the air. So big win for the Washington football team, especially with Chase Young being out. And Chase Young is yet another Buckeye. Y'all, the Buckeyes are all over the NFL but he's out for the rest of the year with that torn ACL. So big win for Washington to go on the road against Carolina, who was all hyped up with Kevin Cam back and be able to get that win. The Panthers had to pull it together because they are in a playoff race right now. They have the Dolphins this coming week, uh, this weekend, obviously on Sunday. And then they got a week, they got the week off on the fifth and on 12th, they had the Falcons, which is a divisional game. And so definitely something to watch for here. And well, just to watch that team in general, as I'm sure a lot of the people from the Carolinas are doing already. Another team that has been bugging me has been the Bills. This has been a weird year. I, I had kind of gotten used to Josh Allen, like, just killing it out there, and it's just not been the case this season. I mean, it ain't been a bad season. They're still 6-4, and four, but it's like when they lose, they lose big. Like, they lost to the Colts of Monaco 41-15, and I just – I think I, maybe I listened to too much Jordan Palmer, who is uh, Josh Allen's quarterback's coach, but I just was not expecting that out of uh, Josh Allen and the team. It like they're still working through some things, and, you know, that kind of comes with it. But uh, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts had a huge day. He's one of the best. He He's really kind of been picking it up here as of lately. And maybe he's always been good. I just don't pay too much attention to the Colts. But uh, 32 carries, 185 yards, and four touchdowns from Jonathan Taylor. So we're going to give him that helmet sticker this week. Now I'm just going to mention some high school football because i kind of gone away from it, but I definitely want to mention it because I was out there on Friday night. Yeah, so now for some high school football. I was out there for because I was in the KC area anyway. So I was like, okay, Camden. Us playing Brooklyn Casey. Let me just go out there for that game. And it was a great one. It was a great one. Brooklyn Casey, in fact, lost though to Camden. Camden got the wins and it advanced into a 3A lower. What's the name of the game specifically? Hold on. Let me give y'all the name of the game. They'll advance to the 3A lower state championship. 
uh, at Zemp Stadium on Friday night where they will play Dylan. And I think I'm going to reemphasize this. Final score to the Brooklyn Casey game was 27 to 24 with Camden taking the win. Brooklyn Casey quarterback and receivers, when they look back at the film of that game, it's going to be like, how did we not win? Like they have weapons like that you don't really see a lot in high school football where the quarterback can kind of throw to any other receivers and receivers can always catch the ball, which you think is kind of the bar, but not like that. That does not the case in a lot of these high schools and they can run after the catch really well. Saw a couple back shoulder throws and it's just like when they look back at that film, because I think in the fourth quarter, they, they had to drive. I think they must have went at least 50 to 60 yards in probably about 30, 30 seconds. And it's like, why couldn't we do this the rest of the game? But Camden keeps advancing. Camden's quarterback reminds you a lot of Tim Tebow. And they had, and in this game, they had one they had one cornerback that the Camden quarterback and, and the receiver on that side was picking on. And it just worked for him. It worked for him. They had one, and I know it was a long day for that defensive back. But I would say he had his fair share of wins too. But just when it counted, that Camden was able to make the plays and just do enough to keep advancing. So Camden Bulldogs, you're looking for a great high school game on Friday night. You got Camden High School Bulldogs versus Dylan, and that game will be at in Camden. But uh, that is all I have for you for this week's episode. Kind of like a little check-in, if you will. Uh, like I said, next week we'll have some of my guests on. As a matter of fact, I have a really good guest on that I'm really excited for people uh, to hear about. I've had them on some of my other platforms I've been on, but time to bring them to the sports house. So that's all I have for you all for this week. Till next time. Peace.